You are listening to the Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. In every episode, our goal is to help, inspire, and celebrate authors' journey to publication by reading and critiquing query letters, then tackle a writing topic we hope you find helpful. Hey, welcome back to Two Writers Walk Into a Bar. Hey, Ken. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, um, it's going okay. Um, I know it's a crazy work day for you, but today is my day off. I'm, I'm tired. Well, I gotta go, to, but I work tomorrow the rest yeah. of the week. But, yeah. <laughs> but today don't. was off. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, see, you're <laughs> coming towards your days off. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. First of all, um, how was your week? How are things? It was good this week. Yeah. Yeah, it was chill. Um, I got I got some pretty good writing done. Nice. Uh, oh, good. I hit, I hit 50k in my current whip, and oh, great. Okay. So yeah, it was good. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I didn't do a lot of writing. <laughs> I'm still doing structuring in my current whip. So I was still, I think I'm at like 34,000 now. So I added a few, but not like, I'm just kind of going back. Like I said, like I've talked about before, it's kind of going back and making sure that I have, and there are a few things of the story changed. So I had to go back and fix some of that stuff, but yeah. I know I should just go keep writing forward, but the story is changing. And so I feel like I want to go back and make those changes so that I, that I can just plow into it. But Fair enough. Um, yeah, other than that, though, I wouldn't say I had a, like a really good work, like writing week per se. <coughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I haven't got to that 40,000 mark. Um, I am reading. I'm reading The Blade Itself that you sent me. And then I'm also reading Twilight with my daughter. So nice. I have two books that I'm like trying to. <laughs> Hell yeah. They're That's totally awesome. different. Like completely, yeah. completely different books. Totally but... <laughs> different. Yeah. But whatever, it's fine. Um, it, it works. She's interested. I've been wanting to. She wants to see the movies. And I'm like, okay, but we need to read the book first. Oh, hell so yeah. making her do, you know, like the old fashioned way. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how yes. I like it. So, yeah. yeah. And she's actually enjoying it. I will say that she's like, oh, I really, I really like the book. She's like, I really like the story. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to get so much more from the book. But oh, anyway, yeah. um, so what are you reading? Um, I'm still reading Shadow of the Gods by John okay. Gwynn on my Kindle when I can sneak it at work or if I'm at appointments and stuff throughout the week. Nice. Yeah. And then listening, I'm now listening to the talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub. Oh, okay. And not, not, a, heard, not read that, that one yet or. No, I had never read that one. It, it's really? been on my shelf forever oh, since I was okay. a kid. It's been on the shelf and I just never got to it. And so now yeah. I'm listening to that. And then I am, just starting tonight, I was going to start reading The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to read that. Excited I haven't, that. yeah, I haven't started that. She's got like the second or third book that just came out, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For that the series. Second one, second one just came Is out. The, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, um, I need to get my hands on that. Yeah. That's, I, I know. Heard, I'm excited. Yeah. I hear good things. She's a good writer. I love, yeah. loved, um, um, the, uh, duology, um, Six of Crows. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that's great, but so I'm, Oh I'm, yeah. Six of Crows. You would love it, Ken. Actually, that's like really right up your alley, big time. Oh, and look look at who wrote the uh Oh Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. God, yeah. that's that's really nice. Well, lucky her. I know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, what are you drinking? I'm just having my plain old beer. I usually drink. 
Nice. Okay, Corona. Good. Very good. That's solid With lime choice. juice. Lime juice in there. Oh, yeah. You have to. <laughs> well, cheers to that. So, guys, um, we do have a query um, that we're going to go um, over. It was sent to us by Paige Kent, and she actually doesn't have any social media. So she said there's not really, we can't really find her or follow her on social media, but we're going to give our critique on her query. And she did send her first few pages. And then we have a pretty fun topic. I think we have a fun topic that we're going to tackle when we're done. We're going to talk about villains today. Um, so I'm going to go into it. I'm going to get into the query. So um, it says, Dear Agent. Um, it says, I am writing to seek representation for my 93,000 word action slash adventure novel, Redacted. Uh, Nova Coleman's father disappeared 19 years ago, leaving behind a whole host of questions that only compound when she discovers he stashed a plane at an abandoned airport and more baffling, written a letter begging her to find a mysterious island. Desperate for answers, Nova charts a course for the unknown. Crash landing at Asa Island, a decades-old nuclear bunker, her world is turned on its axis when she collides with Kai, one of Asa's elusive pilots. Drawn to their crusade, Nova begins training with Kai and his second-in-command, Cass, to become a pilot herself. Her tireless pursuit for answers quickly turns into an examination of her own identity as Nova uncovers her family's horrific ties to the very creation of the island she now calls home. An upheaval of the corrupt executive suite is the only way forward, especially when the man she's falling in love with is the heir um, to the mantle, the highest power in all of Asa and Kai has turned down his birthright. Nova must fight her way through the murky depths of introspection as she evaluates her obsessive connection to her long lost father and realizes it may be holding her back. The buried mantle would be enjoyed by the uh, lovers of Project Hail Mary and Murtaugh with a romance a la in the likely event. This is a standalone novel with serious potential. Thank you for your consideration, Paige Kent. So uh, thank you, Paige, uh, for sending us, sending us your query. Um, so I had a few things that kind of popped out at me at first. Um, one of the things is you do, you do not put your genre. So I don't know. I'm assuming it's adult. Um, but you never want... And the reason why I'm assuming it's adult because your character is 19. I'm guessing she's 19 because her father disappeared 19 years ago. Um, but you kind of don't want the agent to um, guess or try to figure out the genre. You, you really want to put it out there. Just be just put it out there and say this is an adult um, action adventure. And I think that would call I don't know if that's fantasy. Um, I don't know what you would call that. Um, action adventure novel. Um, I would I would try to put that in a in a genre of I don't know was it <laughs> I don't know can can you think of another <laughs> uh, of an example? Um, I'm just trying to think of in the at the bookstores. Do you see an action adventure or do you see fiction, mystery, young adult horror thrillers? I don't know if I remember um seeing like an action adventure but i could be wrong maybe or maybe it falls into 
fantasy sci-fi thriller um but it's right again yeah (laughs) Yeah. definitely give it a name Uh, because one of your comps is a sci-fi novel so if your comps want to be in the same genre of your book um so um but the other comp i believe is a romance um i believe it's a yeah a contemporary romance so you you have a comp for a science fiction adult science fiction and a comp of adult contemporary romance um so i i don't know i would i would i would either um find out what your genre is give it a name if, if it is sci-fi then go ahead and put that it's a 93,000 word um, adult sci-fi fictions, fantasy, I don't know, um, something. I would just give it a genre. Um, and then the other thing that I, something that kind of popped out at me, and maybe, I don't know, Ken, maybe this didn't, um, it's just something that I kind of snagged on a little bit. So her, she doesn't know anything about her father. He leaves this letter begging her to find a mysterious island which you don't tell us what that if she knows what the island is. Um, and then she just so happens to crash land on an island that's teaching her about her family. Um, and then you say that she learns to become a pilot herself. So did she, I mean, why would she, I, I mean, I understand that, she wants to find answers about her father because she doesn't know him, but you don't just uh, fly a plane if, if you don't know how to fly a plane. Um, and maybe that's your reason to why she's crash landing. But I feel like, I feel like, I don't know if that's um, believable, but I, maybe Ken has a different interpretation. I just was wondering, like, I don't know if I would go fly a plane if I had knew, if I wasn't a pilot to go find my dad. Um, or maybe she enlists help from another pilot because you do say that she's learning. She learns after she crashes on this, this island, she learns to become a pilot. So I don't know. I, I, I do question that. Um, so I don't know if maybe you can explain that a little better or maybe just go ahead and have her, maybe she's learned to fly planes because she wanted to get closer to her dad and then happens to, to find this letter. <clears throat> um, and then or maybe something goes. Odds, against all odds, she takes the plane, like not knowing how to do it, something along those but lines. Then you're kind of running into that Mary Sue character, right? So... Um, and she just happens to fly this plane. She's able to um, you know, get it up in the air and recharge. I, mean, I don't know. I just feel or like maybe she plays a bunch of uh, air. <laughs> what do they call those uh, simulation well, games? <laughs> either way, I would say definitely maybe imply that in the query letter so that the agent, because it was something that I don't know, Ken, if you snagged, if you kind of stuck on that, but I did yeah. a little bit because I was like, well, that's odd. Uh, number one and then two oh she's barely learning how to become a pilot i mean i don't know anything about planes um i i wouldn't even know how to start one i wouldn't know how to read any of the instruments i wouldn't know how to get it off the ground um i i I don't know and if she happens to know that in some way maybe just kind of put that that she um that she kind of taught herself or maybe took a few classes or i don't know something or or if she 
if she knows how to fly uh, like civilian aircraft, right, then differentiate on the second half and say learning to become a fighter pilot or learning to pilot like some whatever name you want to call it, some higher, you know, military style or space. Yeah. I don't know where this goes, but yeah. Yeah, just something that just doesn't make it feel yeah just something doesn't make us feel like wow she actually was able to do it okay yeah she crashes but honestly like i don't know i just i feel like you i would rework that i would rework that um and um you don't have a hook i didn't see a hook um and i know that agents really really look for that hook it's like a big deal that they're pushing right now if you listen to other podcasts if you listen to other agents on um youtube um they really do want a good hook because that hook helps them to sell your book to um, editors. It kind of helps them come up with a way for them to sell your book. And obviously you want that. So, and um, we, um, you know, if you listen to, if you've listened to our podcast before, we've talked about the hook and how to do a hook, but you basically, it could be like one or two sentences, um, a brief sentences of what your book is about like that premise, that thing that's going to get the agent to want to read it. So that's missing. So you don't have a hook, you don't have your genre. And then there's a confusion about her being able to fly the plane. Um, So I, or yes, her pilot skills. Yes. So I would maybe rework that a little bit. Um, And you have enough words uh, space here because this query letter is pretty short. Um, so and then I would and then again I would fix the comps because um, I, I just I, if it's sci- if it's science fiction keep it I have not read the um, I have not read Project Hail Mary um, but it looks like it could be a good comp so but it, it's a good comp if your book is science fiction if that makes sense because it just lets the agent know like like it fits in that genre and your book would sit beside that book on the bookshelf. So that's just, you know, what they, what they ask for. Um, and the, I think the romance, like, even though it's a contemporary romance, I think it's good because you do say with the romance that's um, in the likely event. Um, I haven't read that book either. So I'm assuming it's contemporary romance. So I'm sure the agent has and maybe would understand what you mean about that romance. If it's an enemies to lovers or if it's, you know, friends to lovers or whatever. Um, and then you, I don't know if you kept this off just for our sake, but in case you, you didn't, I would add a small biography um, at the very end. Why you, maybe you could put like why you wanted to write this book. I know some agents enjoy that, you know, is there something that, um, I don't know. You don't have to put a why. I mean, you don't always have to put a why, but if you have a reason why, that would be great if you could put that. Um, or just a little, if you have any writing, um, if you have any writing things that, you know, any publications, magazines, um, anthologies, things like that, you would want to add that. And if not, then you just say, this is my first, uh, this is my debut novel. And a little thing like, you know, you live in whatever state you live in, married, single, kids, dogs, whatever. Just a little something about yourself. That just kind of helps the agent to understand you as a person, too. Because when you take on an agent relationship, I mean, that is a relationship that you're going to have for a very long time. And you want to make sure that you can you have something in common or just gel with somebody. And that's just like a little insight to your person, to who you are. 
Um, I did. Um, so when she talks about her, let me see. Nova must fight her way through the murky depths of introspection as she evaluates her obsessive connection to her long lost father and realizes it may be holding her back. Holding her back from what? Um, that was my question. Um, holding her back from a fulfilling relationship, a romance with the character Kai, I'm assuming, or Cass, because you have a couple people here. Uh, or it's Kai, I believe, yeah. Um, so I would maybe rewrite that a little bit and make it, because that's the stake. Um, I think I'm... Feels like that's the stake that you're trying to do, but I I don't know if that's strong enough without that little description at the end, holding her back from I don't know. Um, so that was a question that I had. I thought was a little bit too vague because um, we want to know what those stakes are. What is it that it's at stake for this character that she has to overcome? Um, and so I feel like you kind of left that part out. Uh, let me see. What else? Um, I think, Ken, that's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to add? You pretty much nailed the things that jumped out at me. But I would say that I do like that first paragraph there. Um, I thought it was really good and okay. drew me in. And so I think you have something there for sure. Yep. Um it's very intriguing that first, but like she, everything you nailed, you nailed it. Like maybe, maybe a hook before it, uh, the pilot thing jumped out at me for sure. And the vagueness at the end. So, but I, I would like to say, I love that first little paragraph though. It's like intriguing, you know, I want to kind of read more from it. The premise, the premise sounds so really, really good. Really good. Really well done. Really well written. Yeah. I just I, think the query letter needs just a, le a little bit more, not yeah. so vague, um, definitely spell out those stakes and make sure that they, that the agent understands what is, what's going to happen if she doesn't do this thing. Like what's the, what's the repercussions? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so recap, um, put your genre, what the genre is. Um, if she's a pilot or not, if she already has piloting skills, I would mention that even if it's something minimal, just mention like, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. I, I'm sure you have, maybe you have it in your uh, manuscript. It's just not showing up here. Um, I, uh, and then the, of course, depending on the genres, I would check, make sure those comps are right for your book. And then I would answer the stake because it just feels a little vague. So that's our recap. And then she did send in her um, first pages. So um, I, first of all, I want to say the writing on the first pages was fantastic. <laughs> uh, I really loved the writing. I, you definitely pulled me in right away with your writing. I will say that. So the writing is great. I just, I, I worry that your query might not get the agent to read those first few pages and you want them to. So you want to make sure that you got this query um, cleaned up as much as possible and very clear and concise to what your story is about and the stakes. And then they all read those first pages and because these first pages are great. There was a few things that I did want to talk about um, that I, a couple questions that I had um, 
at the there's this as a scene so to give a recap basically we see um her character nova she's in her dad's office and she's reading through his journals apparently he has written journals over the years he basically went missing when she was a baby or when she was born or right after she was born, something like that. So she's never, ever met her father. She knows nothing about her father. Her, her mom will not talk about her father and will kind of give her a vague um, answer. Like he's not dead. He's not missing. He's just gone. Like it's this weird thing. Like it's a mystery. Like how, why, if he's gone, why is he not missing? Like, that's what I thought. I'm like, okay. So obviously the mom clearly knows something. I feel like the mom knows more than what she's giving to Nova. Um, but there was a little, a little, a few sentences. You say that she's sitting on her father's at the edge of her desk and she's swinging her feet. I don't know why, but that made me think of her as a younger character. You tell us later on she's 19, but I was getting the vibe of a very younger girl, like a young girl with that. Um, so I don't know. I just, I mean, when I think about when I was 19, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would be sitting on the edge of, uh, on top of a desk on the edge, swinging my feet. It sounds like a very childlike um, thing. Like my kids would probably would have done that when they were five or something or tw even 12. So um, I don't know. That was just something that jumped out at me and it made me for forget. It made me question for a minute. I was like, wait a minute, how old is this person again? <laughs> Um, because and the, and then also the um, when she the interaction with her mom did feel a little young, um, because um, towards the end of the pages that she sent us, um, she her mom's boyfriend is coming over and she's basically telling Nova this is a good a good guy he'll be good for us basically like you know just to welcome into their little family or whatever, um. But I, you know, the writing was good, but I will say that it felt like a younger character. Like I was reading about a younger character, almost young adult, but I'm guessing this is an adult book because she's 19. So I would maybe go back and, and reread that and see how you can age it up a little bit so that the reader, because I did get, I mean, for a second, I was like, wait, how old is this person again? And I had to kind of like go back. Um, and you don't really want to do that. You want the reader, you want them just to keep reading and keep going and keep going because you have a really interesting, those first pages are interesting. Her dad's not dead. He's not missing. He's gone. And any good reader is going to figure out like, okay, so the mom definitely knows something more that she's not telling Nova. So all of that's great. So um, I would say great, great job on that. Writing was great. Um, you pulled me in right away. I really enjoyed those first pages. Just a, a little bit. I felt like it was just a little young, but you know, Ken might have a completely different um, interpretation. <laughs> no, I'm embarrassed because I was sitting on a desk at work today, swinging my legs. And now Where I'm are you? <laughs> I Don't be embarrassed. I'm 42. We were having a meeting in the office and I was, there was no seat. Oh so my God. Okay. Okay. Well, then you know what? Then I take that with a grain of salt, Paige. Um, I personally wouldn't do something like that, but to each their own. Um, if you're, if you want to keep sadly. it that way, yeah. So if you want to keep it that way, then keep it. Um, so I don't know. And if you send it out to beta readers, uh, if none of your beta readers catch on to that, then then you're fine. You're fine. Um, that was just something that popped out to me. So <laughs> now I see no, Ken as a five-year-old right, sitting on yes. a desk swinging his feet. <laughs> I was, and it, it felt good too. I liked it. <laughs>
All right, Ken. All right. I'm not going to say anything else, but there, that's it. Um, but yes, Paige, Paige, thank you again for sending us your query and your first pages. We wish you all the luck in the world for getting an agent and getting published. And again, if you do get agented and, and published, please email us back. We'd love to welcome you back on the show and interview you about your process of getting your agent and, of course, the process of publication and your book. So again, thank you for sending us that. That was um, really great. We appreciate that. Thanks. And now I learned something new about Ken. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. All right, Ken. Yeah. So I was thinking today of um, we talked about uh, our Die Hard uh, episode that we did a couple episodes back. Hey, writer friends. Querying is hard, and putting together a query letter is even harder. We want to help. Send us your query letter and first three pages to our email at twowritersinabar at gmail.com, and we'll read your query on air and give feedback on your first pages. And don't forget to tell us where we can find you on social media so we can share it with all our listeners. We want to help, inspire, and celebrate with you on your writing journey. We talked about one of the greatest, in our opinion... <laughs> Villain, yes, <laughs> Professor Snape as Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Yes. <laughs> and I got to thinking about, you know, I love a good villain. Like I've always, as long as back as I can remember, have been a villain supporter. <laughs> Even as a kid, I don't know why, but I just, I don't know. We, I guess, like maybe I relate to them at some level. You know, I had some bad shit happen to me in my life as I was growing up. Some yeah. really bad stuff. At, at a very young age. So yeah. I don't know if maybe like, you know, and I, I mean, I will say like, I think the reason why we love villains is because we all have a dark side of us, but of course we don't give in to that. Yes. Right. Like society norms, like we're not going to give into that. So when we see, or when we read a villain or see a villain or watch a villain, a villain in a movie, being able to do these things without any care, it's just almost freeing in a way. <laughs> There is, yes. There's yeah. nobility in being a monster, but being able to control yourself, you know, being a badass and being able to control yourself. Right, right. Yeah. And then just being able to see them like, okay, so what I so here's here's what we're gonna do today. So I have a few um villains of villains that I love that I just would like, oh my gosh, they pulled me in, love them. And then I also have a few villains that I just oh I just hated, like they were just too evil for me. This is just my opinion, guys. <laughs> uh, Ken might have a different list or might have a different people that he thinks, you know. So we're going to go through what I, why I chose the characters that I love. They are villains. Uh, and, of course, I, I have to start with Darth Vader because, I mean, Darth Vader is terrifying. I mean, really, if you think about <laughs> the Force or what he does with his, with his powers, his Sith powers especially if you guys have watched the new um kenobi series on disney plus did you ever watch that have you watched that ken yeah 
I have, yeah. Oh my god, you guys. Okay, spoiler. I'm sorry if you haven't watched Kenobi, but honestly, if Star Wars fan, what are you doing? But anyway, <laughs> there's this scene where they're trying to escape from on a plane, whatever, and Darth Vader just walks out there and he just grabs it, uses the force and just grabs it and pulls it back, tears it apart. <laughs> like it was just terrifying. I, I'm watching that going, what the heck? That's crazy. This man is terrifying. Okay, he is yeah. a terrifying villain. But at the same time, he is so cool. <laughs> I know. I love him. I love his whole arc. Like the whole thing is yes. one of the most beautiful arcs I've ever seen, read, heard, ever. And you know, the thing is, it's like, okay, yes, we love him. And uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, you you started off with uh, uh I think is it four, five, and six, okay, yeah. which is Star Wars. Um uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So we didn't get his backstory yet, but but his presence, his voice, his power in those first, you know, in that first movie, first uh, movie, then the second half part of the movie, um, she's just like, this guy is really cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, so and he, he has no patience, and he's just out here just choking people. <laughs> you yeah, know, he gets pissed off. It's just like, how many of us wanted to choke somebody that pissed you off? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and Darth Vader gets to do that, and everyone fears him, and they ter- and they're terrified, and he does it, and you're just like, it's satisfying. It's a weird yeah. way, and then of course, when we find out that he's Luke and Leia's father, then we're like instantly, we're like, oh, wait a minute, you know, he has these two incredible kids that are good, yeah. and then of course, like Ken said, the whole arc at the end of Return of the Jedi when he saves. Luke and that moment when you're not sure if he's going to save him or not and he's looking back and forth and you're like oh my god do the right thing dude like do the right thing finally do the right thing and then he does and it costs him right so I that I love Darth Vader for that and I know I'm not alone in this like I know there's (laughs) millions of people that love Vader (laughs) for those reasons cherry eyed every time I see you know oh yeah we turn the Jedi yeah well yep, yeah and then the yeah of course i mean you're like shit he he died you know essentially he sacrificed um himself for his son yeah. um and then of course we get all oh, his whole you know his backstory which i love you know i Me i too. mean i love it i know a lot of people you know it's kind of if he was star wars fans but you know i enjoyed it whatever i love it yeah, I love it. Revenge so, of the Sith might be the best movie. Oh my god, yes, that's like my favorite. Oh, Mine my too. I'm not gonna lie though, I do kind of skip part two. <laughs> skip, yeah, part two is. Yeah. I mean, there's like the only good redeeming scene is when Yoda fights. Um, oh my god, Darth um, Tyrannus. No, it's not Tyrannus. It's um. That, that's his name. It's, it's it? Count Dooku. Yeah. D- yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. But his, that's his like Sith the- name is Darth Tyrannus. But okay. Yeah. So that's probably the best scene of that scene. <laughs> second yeah. movie. <laughs> I hated the whole love thing with the sand and Yeah. <laughs> that, that whole good. Yeah, that I tend to fast forward all that, but I do like, yeah. you know. But anyway, so yeah, so that's that's a villain that I love. Okay. So I love love Vader. For oh, yeah. the reasons that Ken said too, it's his arc. I mean, honestly, that full arc of how he starts off bad and ends good. I mean, oh, my God. Plus, he's just so cool. I mean, cool voice, cool outfit. (laughs) 
everything. He's, got, he's the most the iconic whole, villain of all time. Yeah, he's got, got the whole package. Okay, he does. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to? Do you have a villain that you um, that you love? Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's huge. It's uh, the Man in Black from the Dark Tower. Okay, series. yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, because the character is not just in the Dark Tower series. He's Mm-hmm. He's the devil in the stand. He's the evil wizard in Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King. He's mm-hmm. he's Randall Flagg. He's in everything. And I just love the dude because he's cast as this mysterious stranger, you know, and he just keeps going between worlds, all of Stephen King's books. I don't even know the count. Like, he's the bad guy in like 30 books or some shit. So, what 25? is the one thing that he did that made you just like instantly like, I like this guy? just because Roland, the big one is Roland. I love him in everything, but the eyes of the dragon's a big one, but Roland, like the whole story starts with, uh, you know, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. And so you were immediately drawn in match. Yeah. He's a perfect, (laughs) it's the greatest open line in a book and ever Mm -hmm. in my opinion, but he's just mysterious. He's like a, a jokester, a trickster. Uh, okay. I love that about him. It's hard to explain. It's very, I mean, that's as close <laughs> as I can get that, like, he's not your typical bad guy, like, oh, I'm going to destroy the whole world. And, you know, he just, he enjoys. Is there a backstory people. that, so do, I mean, like, do they give a backstory? And, but did you like him before that backstory? Like, Vader, like, I liked him yes. before we got his backstory. Yes. I yeah. liked him before, okay. yes. Yeah. Just because he's so mysterious and creepy. And, like, when they go back, uh, Roland, spoiler, it's seventy nineteen seventy eight 1978 book, but um, <laughs> when Roland runs into Jake, which is the kid that comes through the portal from New York to his mm-hmm. world, to Midworld, and uh, he, just the way he describes, like, this weird man in a black cloak that just stared at him funny and, like, didn't talk to him and, like, kept chittering as he laughed at him. I just loved that, like, the creepy okay. vibe of it. <laughs> I've okay. loved him ever since I've right. that part. Okay, okay, all right. And, Started to and, learn a little bit more. <laughs> he's just the ultimate fucking villain. He's in like okay. so many Stephen King books under different names. Like he's oh, always okay. changed. Yeah. I remember you telling me that, but then the, the, as the reader, you kind of catch on that it's the same character, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. even though the characters in the books don't know, but the reader knows. Yes. That's exactly. that's really cool, actually. I love that. That's, that's yeah. really cool. They did that. Yeah, I love it. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. 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 I get it. If you guys are with Ken on that character, and if you read that, um, definitely Dark leave Tower. a comment. <laughs> Dark Tower. Leave a comment on Instagram and tell us what it was that made you like him, um, what book it was, what, which one of the characters, whatever. Because we'd love to hear your guys' favorite villains as well. I'm sure you guys have some. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so I, my next uh, villain that I love, okay, um, I will say that this character is based on the movies and the cartoons, not so much the comics, because I, I I don't read the comic books. I'm so sorry for any of you that, that read comics. I apologize. Um, but I love the Joker from Batman. I've always loved the Joker. When Harley Quinn came on scene in the 90s, I was in high school and I immediately was drawn to her as well. I just, I love that madness, you know, the craziness. Um, but what I, what I love about the Joker is that he, um, he, I feel like he loves that cat and mouse game that he has with Batman. And it's for some reason, it just kind of keeps him alive because he doesn't ever really, 
I mean, and again, going off the movies and the cartoons, I can't remember if he actually ever really hurts Batman in the process. Um, but I know that when he when he thinks Batman is dead, he's actually quite sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it gets really sad that his that Batman died or he thinks he's dead. And so um, but I just I think what I love about the Joker is that um, he always he's always a little bit ahead of Batman, you know, and I love how he he always comes back <laughs> like this guy has got more than nine lives. And it's just to just mess with Batman. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. It's just so funny to me because, I mean, <laughs> he just literally just wants to mess with him, just wants to fuck with him, literally. And and then he gets away with it. And, you know, and he keeps coming back. When Batman thinks he's he's done with the Joker, he comes back. And it's like, it's like a, a soap opera that I used to watch back in the days where the villain dies, but somehow he always comes back to life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I will say that I don't know. And then plus, I just love the whole uh, Joker. I think he's his craziness, his madness, uh, everything is just nuts. But he's but he's smart at the yeah. same time. That intelligence, you know. Oh, yeah. um, I think if he was a dumbass, I'd probably be like, "Fuck this guy, <laughs> Batman, take him down," you know. But yeah. he's not. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the Joker's cool. Yeah, the Joker. And um I yeah, I wish I could say that I read the comic book so I can have like a little deeper dive, but sadly I do not read the comic books. Are you a comic book reader? No. No, okay. Okay. Nope. So you're right there with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I don't read comic books. I'm a classic book reader. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with reading there's comic books, guys. Books. <laughs> Please don't misunderstand us. I think it's great. I've read a few graphic novels, but I just, you know. I haven't gone into the DC and Marvel uh, comics too much. I am one of those uh, fans from the movies and TV shows and cartoons. So I apologize. I've read one graphic novel. It was Brandon Sanderson's White Sand, which is okay. Is um, and the Dark Tower. They have a huge. I want. I haven't read it yet. They have a huge graphic novel series. Oh, the Dark not, Tower. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And I don't have it yet, so that's going to happen this year. Yeah. Okay. Good. That'll be good. Yeah. That'll be great. But yeah. you have to have it. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I also have Loki. First of all, again, guys, I don't read the comics, but I love the movies. Um, and Loki, since the very first Thor movie, he, I was instantly, instantly um, gravitated towards him. I mean, I love Thor, but I, Loki was just, I definitely could, I don't know. I'm sure it has to do with um, the actor that plays him, but you can definitely, I, I get the vibe of like, there's a sadness in Loki. And so the, a lot of what he does, and of course, as the movies progressed, we do get, and the TV show, if you watch the TV show on um, Disney plus, we do get a little bit more insight into um, his character and the hurt. And things that he went through. And so I feel like, oh, does she need to go out? No, she's just being a jerk. Oh, no. <laughs> huh, what are you that. doing? Yes. <laughs> He's barking at the kids. My nephews are running Okay. Outside. No, that's fine. Just let us know if she's got to go out. Okay. <laughs> she's fine. Right. He's fine. She's good. 
but uh yeah so i uh i i think what i loved about uh, loki too is that softer side i mean again you know he does love thor i think you know and he always at the end of the movies he always comes around to the and sides ends up helping the good guys you know he finally comes around and he sees that he you know maybe he messed up or maybe he sees where he can um <laughs> snag another opportunity <laughs> to fuck shit up again <laughs> i've seen clips yeah Okay, so you, you didn't watch the Avengers movies when they I've came out? I've never watched a single Marvel movie ever. Oh my god, okay. Not Any reason? Style. Really? I don't, I'm not a huge fan, never have been. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I didn't I've, become a fan until the movies came out. I've seen Batman and like The Dark Knight. I the Dark Knight, mm, yeah. Um, I'm old, but I love the Christopher Reeve Superman. Okay, yeah. No, those are good. I, I loved, oh man, I love those as a kid. I watched them and all the I time. I saw a couple Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I just, I've it's never not jam. been a fan of that kind of fantasy. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, well. do you have another villain that you love that you could um, yes. tell us? Okay. Gustavo Fring. Gustavo Fring. Yes. From? Breaking Bad. Oh guts. my god, yes. Oh yes, oh my god. I fucking love Giancarlo Stanton's <laughs> Gustavo Fring. He's oh, so he's calm. fantastic. Oh my oh, god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of my favorites of all time. You oh love god. the guy. He's so stoic and like he does it so well. He puts up this front. He donates. Oh, to he has PA. like an air about him or something. He does. Yes. Yes. He, I love that character. And I feel like his, his, you just, you don't know how crazy he is, but you know, you, like know. you know that he's fucking nuts. Like he could get, to, yeah, really. to get where he is, you know, but he's like, he's did some, he, done some shit. Oh, but he puts on this air, like when he's yeah. working at Los Pollos Hermanos, you know, he's he has great customer and, service skills. Yes, he's great and all this. Yeah, just know there's a monster behind that facade. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'd probably be a little terrified if I was a customer there. Yeah. You <laughs> just like, know. Something's off with this guy. <laughs> yeah, but he plays it so well. Like, And he's such a smart villain, too. I love yes. that. Like, he donates to the DEA for, like, their softball league. And, like, he's a face of the, Because he know. knows. Exactly. He knows how to play the game. He's like brilliant. that society, the game of society or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, they want to see you as this good person doing good deeds, but you know what you do in the in the shadows is if they knew. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but he's <laughs> and Giancarlo Stanton, the guy that plays him, is amazing. And yes. Oh yeah, I loved I him as the mirror him. in um in uh, that one magic show. <laughs> oh, he played know. the mirror. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah he was great but um okay so that that's a great that's a great um that's a great villain and almost goes to um so i <laughs> this is gonna be it's probably gonna sound crazy but i loved hannibal lecter um i don't know if you did. saw no, no. <laughs> <laughs> kidding so I don't know why. I mean, like, well, I mean, if, if you've seen Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins, or Sir Anthony Hopkins, plays the villain. And again, he's just, he's so smart and so crazy. I mean, first of all, to to, to eat people, I mean, you gotta be fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He does it with style. He does. <laughs> he really does it with style. I he mean, does. he's very classy about it. <laughs> He's very classy, for sure. 
<laughs> he loves classical music, for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, come on. A nice Chianti. Yeah, it's hard to find a guy that listens to classical music. I mean, that's like, you know, that's that's primo right there, okay? Yeah. So, and I, I but I what I love though is how, you know, he helps or he's helping Clarice, but just enough. Like he doesn't really like you know he could probably tell her everything, but he just kind of helps her enough. But then plays mind games with her at the same time to oh, fuck her yeah. up. Yep. <laughs> which i mean of course he has to he's a villain but again he does it so nicely <laughs> yeah until he cuts off that that guard's face, and puts face. It on his own. But... well he has to escape ken come on you're right you're right come on how, yeah. how are you going to get about a situation like that you have to put on another man's face true so true that's what he did. But did so. he need to string him up into the corner of the cell? It's like art. That? Oh, it's my bad. art my bad. With, my bad. With, with the classical <laughs> music. I mean, you're just not getting the vibe. No, I'm playing devil's advocate. I love <laughs> I <know>. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I totally get it. But yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite. Even though he's probably like the craziest one on my list. He's nuts. I know he's nuts. And I mean, he really is a villain. But I think, oh, yeah. honestly, it's just the way that sir anthony hopkins plays him yeah. you know just i don't know that just bringing him to life like that and it's just like okay he's very intriguing like i love watching those um shows where you know like those crime shows whatever mm -hmm. and serial killer shows like getting to the mind of a serial killer just really like yes. intrigues me yeah and so for me that's you know hannibal lecter but he would probably be doing reverse psychology on me <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've always I've always had this thing for serial killers where like I bought books about them and to read yep. about them. They're so fascinating. Always been fascinating. They, they are fascinating. I know they're crazy. If you're listening to this, you're probably like, these people are fucking crazy. No. And I don't know. And I don't want to I want to say it's I don't admire a serial Not killer. A okay. Because what they're doing is evil. And we were joking earlier with the whole Hannibal yes. Lecture thing, guys. I was joking. Yes. If you didn't catch it's on. Disgusting. They're disgusting. Uh, but there's something yes. intriguing that could cause a human brain to turn. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Because my mind instantly thinks, what is going on in there? What happened to for that for that to just progress to that? Yes. To where you're like telling yourself you like the taste of human flesh. Like, yeah. no, dude, no. Or Ed Gein making lamp shades. Like, yes. You know, furniture. And... Yeah. Like crazy yeah. shit like that. Yeah. So yes, I do find yeah. them more intriguing guys. I am not, I'm not a pro. I don't support them in any way. Well, obviously. Yeah. So these are fictional <laughs> villains that we're talking about. My bad. <laughs> hey, Anthony, what was it? Anthony Perkins played a psycho yes. of, of Ed Gein. Oh, oh, okay. You know That's what, what that ever... character was based on. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I never saw that. Yeah. I'll have to go check that out. But yeah, so he's definitely a favorite of mine because I do think that um, it's just he's just crazy how that whole like therapy counselor thing that he has going on with Clarice, but at the same yes. time we're like seeing this like crazy other side of him. You know, it's just it's yeah. crazy. But I love him too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely one that um that I uh, enjoyed watching. Yeah. And my last one that I this and I ha I have a lot for my I just picked a few guys for my list for tonight but the last villain that I love is Magneto <laughs> from the X Men. <laughs> I don't know, Ken. You probably don't watch it. You probably didn't watch it because if you didn't watch, I saw one of them. I think. Okay. 
So Magneto is, I mean, well, you know what X-Men is, right? They're, they yeah. are mutants. Okay, yeah. I played the shit out of the game on Sega when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I, what I, sometimes I can get behind a villain when they have a, um, a, a real reason. Like Magneto, he does, he feels that mutants should rule over humans right because they he he thinks they're they're superior yeah. but because also has a lot to do with how they are treated in that world they're treated as less than they don't have like a lot of rights and things like that so for magneto and for him he's just like we could take over these humans guys we are powerful we have you know we're strong we can do it and have a better life for ourselves yeah. um as a cost of humans but it makes sense because they're treated so poorly you know so there really should be that that you know i mean he's obviously he's missing the message that there should be some sort of equal um uh, rights there <laughs> For yeah. some reason, he's not getting that. But you know, again, he is a villain, so he is very selfish, just thinking about himself. But, yeah. <laughs> but I can get behind Magneto for that fact that he's like, yes, I understand where he's coming from because yes, they are treated poorly, and so it makes sense that yeah. he would want to rule over humans. Plus, he's yeah. just so fucking cool. Oh I yeah. Mean, hello. Oh, I used to watch the cartoons too when I was a kid, so mm -hmm. like I know all mm -hmm. about Magneto and the X Men. And yeah. All stuff, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, Magneto is like one that I love. So yeah, no, you're right. He has great motivation, even though it's wrong. You can you can kind you get of see it. where he's coming from. Right, like you get it. Yeah, for sure. So if we're talking about villains that you want your readers to love, right? Um, because your story should have an antagonist. That you should have an antagonist in your story. Someone that's just wants to make things terrible for your character yeah um think about how the type of villain that you want to um that you want your readers do you want your readers to fall in love with your villain do they are they going to have a redeeming arc or are they going to have you know motivations that make sense or whatever um i when i'm talking about lee bardugo's six of crows i loved the thieves because they had real reasons and real issues and problems even though they were like stealing and maiming and killing. <laughs> yeah. But they, you fell in love with them and you couldn't help but fall in love with them, even though what they were doing was wrong, but you understood the motivation. So when we're talking about villains tonight, just think about, ask yourself, what kind of villain do you want to have in your story? Do you want your readers to love them or do you want your readers to hate them? Which I have a list of characters that I just, hate 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 but you Nothing love to they, hate would love to hate whatever but i hated them i hated yeah. them and i just and I, I when the when the they got their um when they got their just rewards it felt so good because i was like yes. oh yes they were assholes <laughs> because you love to hate them like because you know they have to be bad enough for you to be like god i can't wait for them to get their comeuppance you know yes and for me my top was professor umbridge Oh, I hate that bitch so much. Oh, oh my too. God. When I was reading the books, I was like, this bitch better fucking die. Something yeah. better happen to this bitch because she is so evil. I just hated her. I just hated her from the start. There was no redeeming quality. There was nothing good about her. She was trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
but it was written so well that you hated her. Yes, so yes. I mean, yes, of course, the pink, obviously. The cats. Oh like the God, this. Fucking, oh. Like <laughs> yeah. from the outside, she appeared to I be mean, her favorite color is pink. She loved kittens and shit. Yes. But damn, that woman was evil. <laughs> that was an evil bitch, right? Man, there. I hated her so much. I was just I like, I remember just being so angry, just like, oh, yeah. I can't wait for this bitch to just die. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's my um, number one villain that I love to hate. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, do you have any any uh, other ones that you want to talk about? Yes, Saruman from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. How the fuck can you fuck with Gandalf? I hate that cock turncoat son of a bitch. You're supposed to be the white <laughs> of the white. You are the head motherfucker, and you turn on Gandalf. Right. Oh, you son of a bitch. I hate Saruman yes. with a passion. Yes, yes. I will say that. Oh, God, he yeah. fucked Gandalf over and everybody to throw it all away to join. To, to yeah. With Sauron? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bastard. I'm right there with you, dude. Like, yeah. Totally right there with you. Who yeah, can that turn was... on Gandalf with his pipe smoking and his fucking rockets? Fireworks. Well, what's crazy is that how he just didn't think that, that they could beat, like, you really didn't think you could beat them? Beat him? Yeah. For real, like yeah, like it's more noble to die trying. You turncoat. Yes, yes, exactly. I I agree. Yes, I hate him. Yeah, he was just—he was a coward. I feel like he was just a coward. That's what he was. Yeah, but yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, so my next one on my list is—I don't know if you're a Disney fan of the cartoons, okay? But I hated Scar. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I just hated Scar. Okay, like, don't get me wrong. Jeremy Irons, I love Jeremy Irons, the actor, and his voice. Like, I was, like, um, excited that he voiced Scar. But other than that, no. Scar was an asshole. He just wanted to be king and killed his brother for it. It just was, like, no. Like, there was no, like, his motivation, like, that's it? That's why? No. No, yeah. I don't like you. You're evil, and I don't like you. And I was glad when the hyenas turned against you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just, I don't know. I know it's like a, um, I, I know it's a cartoon, but I, to me, when I was thinking about some of these villains, I thought, you know what, Scar, he's he's right up there. Like, I really hated that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mufasa was like so amazing. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. <laughs> so i'm gonna yeah. hurry up i only have i only have i have two more that want to go over <laughs> All right. um i'll go over them quickly because we're probably gonna um i don't know hopefully my internet will last whatever but hopefully. um so yeah yes uh thanos was the next one but you know what since you don't watch you don't watch the marvel I've movies i don't know if i want to talk about Okay, but, but yeah, he's kind of like right up there with thor um he just he just wanted to be supreme ruler for the glory and that's it and that's it. And so he was willing to wipe off half of the world for that. And it was just like yeah. a lot of characters died because he wanted to be ruler. And it was like to him, it was like a sacrifice that he was doing or whatever. It didn't make sense. And I hated him for it. And I was glad when things went awry for him. <laughs> I personally, yeah, I personally don't know anything about it, but I swear I heard that his motivation was overpopulation or something like that. Or yeah but it's like it. yeah but it's like he really just wanted to rule he just wanted to be the ruler oh, okay. and wanted to be like the guy 
And so that's why I he was. No, so you know. And plus, yeah. he beat his his daughters. He was a child abuser, yeah. so there's that. Yeah, yeah. didn't know uh, about he, that. Yeah, he's a very mean, cruel person. Um, yeah. But my last villain that I love to hate is Regina George. I don't know if you've seen Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. I don't. Okay, yeah, she was a bitch for no fucking reason. Okay, she, she was, was just a bitch for no reason. Yeah. And when she got hit by the bus, man, <laughs> I really, I was really happy. And then that bitch yeah. fucking lived. <laughs> yeah, she. Rachel McAdams. Like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> Probably that was probably the worst part where I mean, like, talk about like a high her getting hit by a bus. You're like, yeah, finally, and then she fucking lives. You're like, damn, she was yeah. a real bitch for that. Yeah, for sure. So, do you have any other villains that you want to talk about before we finish up here? That I hate, hate. Yes. Voldemort, maybe. Oh yeah, Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. He what a dick. I mean, even when we got his backstory in the Half Blood Prince, which I love that whole part of the story, but I still hated him. I still yes. didn't see. I still hated him. Yeah. I still hated him. He had every know? opportunity, like to like, not go the way he went. Like he got presented this opportunity to go to this magical school. He got presented. He was head boy. Like he had all these fucking chances to, but no. He's yeah. Still a dick. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So same with Bellatrix; um, she can be lumped in with them. Yeah, Bellatrix. Oh, yeah, that crazy bitch. But yeah. honestly, though, not gonna lie, in the movies, I thought she was so cool. Well, yeah, it's Helena Bonham Carter. She's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I mean, why? I was like, I'm a little shamed to say that because I hated Bellatrix. I hated book Bellatrix, but in the movie, yes. I was like, she's so cool. <laughs> But did you did you not get excited when Molly fucked that bitch? Well, up? yes. I mean, even when I was reading the book, I was like, yes, finally, you know. You but go. I hated book Bellatrix, though. Yeah. In the movie, I was kind of like, that well, yeah, reminds myself. She killed Carter, so likeable. <laughs> yes, yes. It's hard. And I think that they that was almost like in a weird way a miscast yeah. because I love her and she's yes. loved by many. We needed someone that yeah, could just make amazing. us hate her. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So I do have one character, one character that falls under both categories for me. And that's Cersei Lannister. Mm. Okay, so hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I haven't finished this, the book series, but I've read, I mean, I've watched the show. So I'm basing this on the show, whatever. But yeah. uh, And I know that she's just hated, hated so much that when she would go to cons, she no one would wait in line with her or get her autograph or anything. Then I mean, why? I don't know because I love that actress. She's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I remember when she played Sarah Connor in the TV series. I thought she was so cool. Um, but anyway, I I love and hate this character. I love because as a mom, I get it. Right. Yeah. Like I get you. You know, wanting to do things to help your children. Yeah. Um. To 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 get ahead. Especially yeah. in that world, that world is that, that they live in is crazy. Like, obviously, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, w- I would never murder to help my child get ahead. No. But I understand Cersei for doing that in a weird way. Um, yeah. But then also hated her because she tortured so many beloved characters that I loved. And yeah. was just so cruel and mean. And that when uh, when she got her, um, the justice, you know, it was like, okay, you know what? You deserved that. Because yeah. you did a lot of really bad things. <laughs> yes. But she is one character that, you know, kind of, I have a love and a hate. She got a pass. She got a little bit of a pass for me because 
when Jamie came to her in the show and mm-hmm. was like, you know, we got to help them. This isn't, this is about the living versus the dead in the show. Right. Um, but then they went to up to uh, Winterfell and nobody died. Nobody I gave a fuck about died. So yeah. good. I guarantee in book that there's going to be a lot of bodies at Winterfell for oh, that fucking decision if that I, goes that way. Yes, I think so too. So but TV yeah. show Cersei gets a pass, but I'm well, assuming if we ever get Winds of Winter, please. Um, <laughs> then, um, yeah, I think. It uh, might be a different Cersei, story. That bitch yeah. is going to get people I like She's, and love. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, she, you know it. But yeah. But yeah. So those that's my list uh, and a few of, of Ken's. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're writing about a villain or you have an antagonist, maybe think about some of these characters and the things that we talked about, why we love them and why we hated them. And then apply that to your antagonist in your story. <laughs> For sure. I know that when I was looking at the, looking at these, I was thinking of that in my own story and thinking, how do I want my villain to be perceived by the readers? Do I want them to love them or hate them? And then by going off of that, then I know how to write them. Yeah. How to make reader love them and how to make a reader hate them. If you think about these characters and the things that they did and the reasons why you hated them so much. And I, a lot of it has to go back to that motivation. Um, and and I think a lot of it has to go back with like in, in some of these characters, their past, you know, are they running from pain? And and because we all run from pain, we all have bad things that happen to us. Right. And so we could all have been a villain. But, you know, obviously we chose we make different choices to be a better person. So. You know, but anyway, it's just something to think about. This is our villains episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you were able to maybe learn a little bit or more about your antagonist and maybe help you in your current yeah. project. But other than that, um, if you have a query and you need some critique, feel free to send it to your query in your first three pages to our email. And our email is two writers in a bar at gmail.com. And you can just put a query on air or query, whatever. We'll get it. Um, And also, Paige, if you're still listening, um, if you want to revise your query and send it again, you can you can send it back to us. We don't we won't air the revise on air unless you want us to. But we can give you feedback in the email. So other than that, guys, we'll see you later. See you you in a couple of weeks. Happy writing. Happy reading. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode, friends. We hope you learned something new today. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under Two Writers Walk Into a Bar Podcast. Our YouTube episodes will upload on Thursdays, the day after the show airs, if you want to watch. And if you want your query letter and first three pages critiqued and read on air by us, send them to our email at twowritersinabar at gmail.com. Put query on air in the subject line. We will read them on a first-come, first-served basis. Remember, we are here to help, inspire, and celebrate. Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast is produced by Brava Media Group.